You're listening to Right Where You Are, hosted by New York Times bestselling author, creator, and speaker, Jason Wright. With inspiring guest interviews and Jason's unique lens on life, this is the place to see the good in the world, to lift and be lifted, no matter your starting point, to make a difference that matters. And we'll do it all together, right where you are. Hey there, world. I'm back. Uh, Hi, it's Jason. And I'm excited to interrupt this uh, podcast hiatus, which has now been a year long, uh, for a bit of a publishing update. And first of all, thank you so much for supporting that first year of Right Where You Are. Those 52 episodes were so much fun uh, to produce and to release to you. It's fun to look at my statistics every week on the podcast platform and still see people discovering it as if for the first time and downloading episodes and hearing those interviews. That was just such a rewarding experience. And I'm so thankful that you have been patient over this last year as I have been up to my earlobes with a thousand other projects and ideas. Uh, Since we sort of paused the podcast, I had two uh, books come out, Until You Find Strength, Rise Today, both little nonfiction gift books. Of course, I had the Christmas tour with Jenny Oaks Baker, last fall, which was just the most exhausting and wonderful, fulfilling experience uh, of my career. It was just, it was that special. And I'm excited to go back on the road again with Jenny this fall uh, to even more cities. Uh, More on that coming very, very soon. And I'm working on some new ideas for this podcast platform. Uh, Actually, three or four different shows sort of in the works right now. But for now, I am really excited to give you an update on Scar Dakota. Hopefully, this middle grade novel that I have written uh, isn't new to you. If you follow me on social media, you know that I have been talking about it, teasing it for a few months. And we are so excited to launch a Kickstarter. I have been teasing the idea of a Kickstarter or some crowdfunding platform for a long time. We've done a little bit of it with some of the films that we have developed. But this is our first really a wide-scale crowdfunding campaign. And it begins on August 1st. Our illustrator is Brandon Dorman. You may know Brandon's work. He has done more than a 1,000 covers for everyone from Brandon Mull to Goosebumps to Obert Sky, all kinds of stuff. And in addition, he's done some of his own uh, children's picture books. Uh, He's a New York Times bestseller. He's wildly talented, and he has agreed to do the illustrations for Scar Dakota. If you're starting to see some of those pop up on social media, those are his. And, of course, he'll be designing the cover and the interior of this middle-grade novel. All right, so what's the story behind this? Well, I began to write the book last fall, and I had had this idea for this middle-grade novel kicking around my head for three or four years Uh, And I had about a page of just sort of rough notes, but that's it. Mostly when I walked or flew um, or just lay in bed at three in the morning, I would think about this young man. Uh, His name is actually Shane Dakota, um, but he, um, I guess, adopts or accepts this nickname when he arrives at a new school. I'll tell you that in a minute. And it's Scar. And so he becomes known as Scar Dakota for the, the balance of the story. And I could see Scar in my head uh, for a couple of years. I could I could relate to him in so many ways, though his story is not my personal story as a middle schooler. There were so many things about him and his journey to finding himself that really rang true to me. 
So I began to write this book and then I thought, you know, I had such a great experience with the Busta Gulf Breeze, which was then renamed to Even the Dog Knows, where I, as you might recall, I wrote that online, live on Google Docs. So I let people read and some of you listening right now surely were some of those that would log on every day at one o'clock Eastern and watch in Google Docs as the story came to life. Every word of the, the first draft of that manuscript, which is really pretty close to the finished product, was written live on Google Docs. So, and thank you for those of you that followed along. That was, again, just the most interesting experience for me. So I wanted to do something similar. So with Scar Dakota, I put together this little family of about 100 beta readers, families with uh, elementary and middle school kiddos around the country. And every few days, sometimes once a week, if I was a little bit busy, I would log on to Zoom with as many as could join the Zoom live, and I would read them a chapter or two or three from the book, and then we would talk about it. And if they couldn't watch live, I would uh, post the recording later, and people would watch those on a private Facebook group that only they could access. So these kids just made the most wonderful observations about the chapters as the book progressed. They gave me ideas for character names, uh, for, for some of the arc particularly of our three lead characters. And they were just so instrumental in encouraging and helping this book come to life. And when I was done, I actually got quite emotional just thinking about the time that I had spent with these young readers and um, and their families over the course of what ended up being almost, I don't know, eight weeks, maybe, maybe 10 weeks um, of these Zoom sessions where we read the book together. Well, then I began to um, talk to publishers about the book. And let me pause there and just give you a little bit more of a synopsis. So the book is about a young boy, as you know, uh, Shane Dakota. He lives in Wilmington, North Carolina with his mother, only child, has not seen his dad in a very, very long time. But his mother at the very, very beginning of the book dies uh, in sort of an unusual way. There's a little bit of intrigue around it. But the bottom line is he's left alone. Uh, and it's it's now time for him to sort of figure out what the rest of his life is going to look like. This means being raised by his grandparents, his mother's parents. And they happen to live in a place called Highland, Utah, which is more than 2,000 miles away from his home near the beach, near the coast of Wilmington. His grandparents come out and pick up this seventh grader. It is during the holidays of his seventh grade year of middle school. So we're just past Christmas. Well, he travels to Utah and he begins this new life, uh, new kid, new neighborhood, new school, new family dynamic with these grandparents that are quite a bit older. In the synopsis online, you might see this one liner where I say that he spends a lot of time teaching his grandparents about things like Netflix while they teach him about things like pickleball. And what seventh grader thinks that that's what his life will become is spending all day with his grandparents uh, instead of with his own parents, learning about life through their a little bit more seasoned lens. But that is the life that he must now live. He doesn't have much of a choice. Well, he walks into this huge new middle school. It is uh, the largest school he's ever seen in his life. And he has a story, a secret and a fresh scar on his right cheek. And he pretty quickly makes a couple of friends. One, uh, just his best buddy in the world. His name is Kabir uh, from an Indian family directly across the street from his grandparents. And a girl named Ink who wants to 
a write and sketch and draw when she grows up, and her hand is stained, the bottom of her hand, with ink, and so that's why they call uh, her ink. And the three uh, of these little middle schoolers become pretty, pretty fast friends. Well, you now throw in this group of wannabe YouTubers, uh, middle school YouTubers that are kind of quasi-famous, at least for their age and where they live, a guidance counselor at the school that helps Shane, now going by Scar, to learn a little bit about how to, to work through this grief that he's feeling. Her name is Miss Stella, and they become uh, very, very close. She becomes a really important figure in his life. In the school year, these last couple of months of the school year begin to unfold for him. One of the key moments in the book is the announcement of a speech competition at the end of the school year, something the school, uh, it's a little bit unusual, but where they are partnered up and one seventh grader must introduce another seventh grader and vice versa on stage in front of their classmates. So it's a multimedia sort of a presentation called Let Me Introduce You To. And so these kids pair up and introduce one another. Well, at the end of the book, after our hero has betrayed his friend, learned some really hard lessons, been caught on camera doing something he regrets doing, gotten a mysterious text from someone telling him that they know his secret and what he's been lying about over these last few months at school. Well, it all culminates with our young hero standing on stage under the bright lights on what is literally the biggest stage and auditorium he's ever seen in his life, looking out at his world as he know it's having to decide, is he willing to be true to himself? Is he, is he able to do the hardest thing he's ever done to tell the truth and to come clean with himself, his family and the world about his real story, who he really is, who his family really is. And can he become comfortable with the notion that, yes, he has a scar, but that scar, if he chooses, can make him beautiful in the world. And so therein is the lesson for the rest of us. We all have scars. And if we're willing to work, to love, to grow, to stretch ourselves, those scars can become just really beautiful parts of ourselves, our souls, our personalities. That is the book, Scar Dakota. When I talked to publishers about that, I pretty quickly got some feedback. Oh, Jason, look, it is really hard right now in publishing to, to publish a book where the lead character, particularly I was told in middle school, is a Caucasian boy. You're going to have to make some changes in order to make this a little bit more palatable to traditional Publishers. Now, I heard this from a publisher. I heard it from an agent. I heard it from an editor who all said the industry doesn't look the way it did when you began writing 15, 16, 17 years ago. Society has changed. Things have changed. Norms and trends are changing faster than we can keep up. And so if you want to appeal to the market, if you want to know that the book will end up in bookstores and libraries around the country, then you're going to have to seriously consider making some changes. Well, I pushed back, as you might imagine, pretty strongly on this, not because I do not believe hugely, wholly, with all my heart in the great power of diversity at every level, at every at every stage of life. Um, I have written, I mean, my best-selling book, Christmas Jars, has a female lead character who is a strong, vibrant 
um, amazing character, Hope. I love her so much. You may have seen the film and seen her uh, portrayed by Jenny Ross, who does such a great job of bringing this young woman to life. So I I don't need to be told that there is um, a need for every kid at every age to be able to look in the mirror and to see themselves and to love themselves, no matter who they are. doesn't mean they can't get better. doesn't mean that we can't teach and grow and nourish kids to, as we said about scars, to, to stretch themselves, to become a little bit more than they are today. But we love them as they are today. And when I travel to schools around the country, that is a huge part of my message. We we love you. We love you the way you are right now in this moment. And we accept you right now in this moment. And we believe that you can be more tomorrow because we can all be more tomorrow. The day we stop growing is the day that we just stop, right? So again, I don't need a publisher to tell me how important it is for a middle schooler to see themselves in a story. Well, my problem is that I see myself in this story, and I am a, a Caucasian boy. <laughs> I'm a, I, I am a, a white middle schooler at heart. That, that's who I am. That was my middle school experience. And so when for years I see this young man in my head, this fictional boy, of course, with a fictional story, beginning to go through this journey, again, fictional, but very real through my eyes and my point of view, well, that's the only way it can be. He, the story is about this this boy from this background with this family who moves from the East Coast to this really strange world of Utah and has to adapt. It's sort of a classic fish-out-of-water story in that sense. And then how interesting that this kid who lands in Highland, Utah, where uh, – and faith is not – uh, religion is not a huge aspect of the plot other than uh, it's obvious that our lead character is not a member of the predominant faith in the community, nor is his best friend across the street who is a practicing Hindu, who one day Kabir and his family take Scar to their temple, uh, to uh, a Hindu temple. So there's a lot going on to help introduce kids to the idea of religious and cultural diversity but it needs to be done through the eyes of, of my character, the way I have seen him and lived him for so long. So I, I pushed a little bit on that and someone in particular, um, a, a good friend who I still love and respect very much, talked to a couple of publishers and came back to me and said, look, you're really at a minimum, you're going to have to change the gender. Like if you'll change the gender, if we can just talk about that and have Shane slash Scar be a female lead of strong, the strong female lead in the seventh grade, then I think more doors will open. And I said, with all due respect, um, I don't want those doors open. I want to tell the story the way that I um, have always intended it to be told and the way I think the lessons will will speak the most true to me, right? Because ultimately writers are writing for ourselves to teach ourselves lessons and hoping that maybe other people can come along for the ride. Let me just say this. There's no agenda with this. There's no, there's no political, social, cultural agenda. It's just not what I envisioned. Um, it's also not a pride issue for me. I edit all the time. Uh, my editors through the years have been wonderful in helping me to make my stories better. I mean, my heavens, I was taking really savvy editorial feedback 
from elementary and middle school kids on those Zoom calls who said to me, Jason, this could be better. This could be stronger. I'm not sure I understand this or I'm not sure I believe this. So I am happy to edit. I love editing. It's actually one of my favorite things to do is to make a manuscript better. So it's not about that. It's not about me saying, whoa, don't, don't touch my story. It's about, well, wait a minute. What if the story was always meant to be told this way because of how I saw myself in the young man? So as I said at the top, we are going to do a Kickstarter, a crowdfunded campaign to get this book into your hands and into libraries across the country. Uh, much faster, about 12 months probably faster than we could if we went through a traditional publishing route. If you're not familiar with Kickstarter or crowdfunding, it's very, very simple. Uh, you go to kickstarter.com and you create an account. There are thousands upon thousands of projects you can see there from publishing to movies to high-tech wallets and backpacks and couches and gadgets galore. There's almost anything you can imagine on Kickstarter. You find a project that's interesting to you. In this case, we hope the novel Scar Dakota. And then you, you make a pledge to back the project if it funds. What does that mean? Well, as the campaign organizer, I will set a goal where if we hit that number, that is enough for us to publish and ship the book and to put it in your hands. And if we don't hit that goal, then the campaign simply ends. No one pays anything. And all I'm out is some time. Uh, and you're out nothing uh, because you never get billed for your pledge uh, for the book. If we do hit our goal, then uh, your credit card is billed and it's all very, very safe, very secure. Kickstarter.com uses the absolute best security to make sure that this works. And off we go. And if we exceed the goal, even better. You might see some Kickstarters. Um, Brandon Sanderson has the most successful Kickstarter of all time, at last count, it was 30 some odd million dollars. We're not going to hit that, my friends. But if we did, that would be a lovely problem to have. So it's not just about hitting the goal. It's about exceeding it and then putting books into as many hands as we possibly can. Um, on the Kickstarter, there will be an opportunity to just uh, back it with a couple of dollar pledge that just says, I believe in you, but I don't need the book. Or to buy a single copy of the book. Um, or to buy two or three or four copies, or there'll be an opportunity to bring me into your school uh, or into your business or to your local book club. Uh, there will be an opportunity for you to name a character in the book. There will be an opportunity for you, for you to have yourself drawn into a sketch somewhere in the book. Uh, even an opportunity to hop on a Zoom with me to talk uh, about the book one-on-one -on -one and to talk a little bit about writing. All kinds of reward levels, they call them, will be associated with the Scar Dakota Kickstarter. Okay, so the thing that you can do now, because we have a month until the campaign actually launches, is to RSVP for our Facebook event. Uh, this is not a commitment to back the project. There is no physical event that you're going to attend. It's just it's just a, a Facebook digital event that will keep you in the loop over the course of the next month and through the actual campaign itself. So if you go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash jfwbooks, or look for the link uh, on this podcast episode, you'll easily find it. Just click RSVP. Again, this is not an event that you're going to attend in person. It's not even a timed event that you need to attend online. It's simply a way of tracking and knowing that at nine o'clock in the morning on August 1, this campaign will go live. And it's really important that we get as much support as we can early. The more support that we have, quite literally in the first few hours of a Kickstarter campaign, the more likely it is 
that the Kickstarter powers that be will boost the campaign in front of their own people. And it will be, um, it'll be good for the algorithms if we have support early and it will just, it'll end up in front of more folks that might be interested in joining. Um, I hope that you'll back the campaign if you believe that a traditional publishing and independent publishing like this can coexist. This is not some huge crusade against traditional publishers. They play a really important role in getting really important books into our hands. And I am looking across my office right now here in Woodstock, Virginia, at a bookshelf full of books that came from traditional publishers across the country. Love them and appreciate what they do. This is simply an opportunity to say there are other ways, faster ways, uh, independent ways of getting books more quickly into your hands that maybe reflect a little bit more purely the vision of the author, in this case, me and Scar Dakota. All right. Last thing. I am putting together a group of 100 launch captains across the country. These people will be hugely instrumental in making sure that our campaign is successful between now and August 1st. Uh, some cool little things will come to our launch captains. If you're interested, um, please email me at jasonfright.com. That's M-E at J-A-S-O-N-F-W-R-I-G-H-T dot com. Email me and say, I want to be a launch captain. And I will give you some details on what that looks like, what some of the perks of being a launch captain will be. This does not cost you a penny, just a little bit of your time between now and then. And again, thank you so much for supporting the podcast, those first 52 episodes, this extended hiatus we've been on. And stay tuned for some really fun things coming down the road. I think you'll be happy. As always, I appreciate you and I'm grateful to have even one person sitting out there right now listening and saying uh, these messages, these themes, these books, they matter to me. And you, you matter to me. Thank you for joining us on Right Where You Are. For more information about Jason and his projects, visit him online at jasonfwright.com or on social media at facebook.com slash jfwbooks or on Instagram at jasonfwright. And be sure to subscribe to Right Where You Are wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This has been a production of Right Media Productions, copyright 2021 by Jason F. Wright. All rights reserved.